Welcome back to the podcast series from Square Mile, Behind the Screens, hosted by me, Jock Glover, Strategic Relationships Director here at Square Mile Investment Consulting and Research. As you should know by now, in this series of podcasts, we meet members of the investment teams from across the asset management industry whose funds we rate and spend 15 minutes or so chatting to them to get some insight into their thinking. This week, our guest is Simon Moon, one of the fund managers from Unicorn, a specialist UK equity boutique. Simon is one of the co-managers of the £300 million Unicorn UK Income Fund, which aims to provide an income by investing in UK companies and yields about 5% at the moment, and has been awarded an A rating by the Square Mile Analysts, and the £50 million Unicorn UK Ethical Income Fund, which also aims to provide an income by investing in UK companies, but they've got to meet the ACD's ethical guidelines as well. Um, and our analysts have awarded that fund a responsible A rating in the Academy of Funds. Simon, welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. And we're going to start with the elephant in the room, I suppose, for UK fund managers. UK strategies have been out of favour with UK buyers over the last, well, several years. I was going to say a few years, but it feels longer than that. Um, but we're starting to see some market commentators ask whether the UK government should be applying more pressure to pension funds and ISA investors, et cetera, to put money to work in the UK market. As a UK manager, what do you see as the opportunities from an investor's perspective in putting money to work in the UK? Um, the UK market is undeniably undervalued. You know, it, it's um, the cheapest developed market uh, anywhere in the world. It's sort of, it's used to sitting at a slight discount from places, you know, sort of more more highly valued markets like the US, but that value sitting there at a, that, sorry, that discount sitting there at about, you know, more like 50% rather than the sort of standard sort of 20, 25% it's been at historically. Um, and then you sort of, the, the reasons for that are, are fairly obvious. It's not just been for the last few years, as you sort of alluded to, it's sort of, it's been since the middle of the sort of 2000s, you've had a, a raft of pension fund money leave the UK, um, it, Sort of, or, or leave UK equities more more precisely into phases of sort of bonds. Uh, internationally, you've had um, sort of domestic asset allocators allocating away. You had the Brexit referendum uh, for every calendar year. From from then, you've had net outflows from the from each of the UK IA equity sectors. Um, so it's been it's been fairly relentless, very long term, uh, and. Sort of culminated. It felt like it was culminating last year in 2022, sort of being the worst relative year on record for mid and small caps versus large caps in the UK, which, um, as a UK smaller company's focused fund manager, was a pretty uncomfortable place to be. Um, You know, to put that in context, what has that given us? Well, if you go back just a couple of years to the beginning of uh 2021 after you had the sort of post-covid rally that was fairly universal um you had uk companies uh that are in the numerous smaller companies index which is the bottom 10 percent by weight uh sitting at a discount to their long-term discount to their average pe um, we're sitting at about 20 percent, slightly under 20 percent at the beginning of 2021 they're now sitting at 80 percent. so our investable universe if we're looking at purely from a value perspective is there's four times the number of companies sitting at a discount that were you know just a couple of years ago uh so in my opinion uh that gives you 
just if, if you want headline valuations, a tremendous opportunity in the UK. And if you're looking for operational performance, sort of anecdotally, I meet a tremendous amount of companies. Um, you know, we're, we're high conviction stock pickers. So we meet our companies that we meet regularly. We meet them at least twice a year. Um, they are our economic barometer and operationally they're, they're performing, um, you know, at least in line with an average period. So you, you might have expected at the beginning of this year, you know, a, out and out recession, maybe a fairly deep one that has not presented itself in the slightest. And on an operating basis, you know, these companies are continuing to perform very well. So, so what would be the trigger, do you think? I mean, apart from regulation, apart from the government saying half your ISA money has got to go into UK equities, which would, if, if you wind your memory back far enough, that used to be the case with the, the, the predecessor of ISAs um, in PEPs. Um, apart from that, what would be the trigger for people to come back into that? I mean, the valuations that you're talking about are extreme beyond belief, and you would expect some sort of mean reversion. But, but as a potential investor in this area, what would be the trigger? Small companies, investors and small companies themselves, hate uncertainty. Yeah. And in a rising inflationary environment, you have increased uh, levels of uncertainty. You have delays on investing decisions. Um, I, when you get to or at a terminal interest rate, it removes a large element of uncertainty. So yeah. if we're at that terminal uh, interest rate, um, which last Thursday's um, sort of update from the Bank of England implies we may well be, uh, I would say that removes the largest element of uncertainty that has probably been one of the factors weighing, or definitely been one of the factors weighing on, on smaller companies in the UK. Other other catalysts are um, you know, pension funds. You, it's a fairly well-known fact now. You sort of you allude to the fact that you know, there, there might be regulation that might come in and um, sort of maybe mandate pension funds allocating more to UK equities, pretty much as they do in every other developed market in the world. You know, you look to Australia. I think they're mandated to um, allocate twenty percent towards Australian equities, which is which is phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I think with the huge sum of money we have in. DB pension schemes to find uh, benefit pension schemes in the UK. I, I don't see that happening, to be honest. I yeah. don't see that as a catalyst. However, there is a catalyst that's kind of already taking place in the auto enrolment. Following that, you have a tremendous number of active contributors in DC defined contributions pension yeah. schemes. Um, you know, I think you've got 18 million active contributing members in DC DC schemes versus 1 million in DB active contributing members. Um, within DC, they have a far higher weighting towards equity. So they're bigger, they're growing, they've got much more runway ahead of them. So it's, it's almost as if, as one has ended, there's been a hiatus, but uh, it, another one is not quite in sync coming in to sort of fill a bit of that asset allocation um, sort of drought that was left behind when equity started moving away from, uh, sorry, when pension funds started moving away from UK equities. So you've got something to come in and start filling the gap. Um, and, you know, a, a rewriting of the ISA rules would help as well. With both pensions and ISAs, you, you, if, you're, if you're giving an individual or, or a scheme or, or companies or collection of individuals a tax break, there's a bit of a social contract there that... Yeah you might expect something in return. And so I don't really think you need a tremendous amount of regulation or any at all. Um, you might sort of 
it, it's quite a it's quite a gentle stick to wield. Um, yeah, you know, a, a, an ice is a fantastic instrument, um, and as you as you point out, you know, the peps um, were fifty percent UK and twenty five percent US, twenty five percent sort of the the old um, EEA. Uh, you know, you, you have a model like that again. That's a tremendous sum of money, sort of that will you know you, they probably won't certainly won't apply it retrospectively, but that's a tremendous forward-looking sum of money that yeah. will in. And and it's that's been the em- enemy of uh, of UK small and mid-cap performance has been that allocation. Like I say, since the Brexit referendum, it's just been one-way traffic. Yeah. You just need a marginal buyer to yeah. really do some of this, and you know, eventually you run out of sellers. <clears throat> buyer comes in and it makes a huge difference in this market. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think the, the 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 valuation argument is there. You've got hopefully some change coming down the pipeline, maybe from on high in terms of regulatory push or whatever. Um, but as it stands at the moment, UK equities, small mid cap, about as cheap as you're going to get them. Um, so if you believe in mean reversion, this has got to be an opportunity is, is the long and the short of it. Yeah, you mean I couldn't say it better myself. And you know, I think with everything, you've got to look to mean reversion, especially if you're talking about valuations. Um, but I, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the people I speak to, um, the, the unit holders within the within the funds here, uh, are sick and tired of hearing the message that UK is cheap because yeah, you know, that's been the case for a long term, but you know, long time. But but what is that catalyst? And that's the really difficult thing to pin down. It, it's inflation rolling over you, you take a really long term yeah. view and you look back on the last you know 60 70 years we can move the data back to 1955 and we can look at yearly returns of the small cap index or the numerous smaller companies index uh and you can see periods and we plot that against inflation and there's been three periods of inflation over the latter half of the 20th century that mirror where we are at the moment and in each of those periods, in the run-up to peak inflation, so in, in periods of rising inflation, small caps did terribly. They did really badly. Yeah. Um, once it's peaked, that uncertainty goes away and inflation starts coming down. They did really well in each of those periods as well. And, and this is very similar. You know, the, the, the cause of all those spikes was the same. It was an energy shock, exactly what we happened to co- ha- happened a couple of years ago. Um, and in, in my opinion, slightly longer term in those previous historic examples. And we've already seen it roll over. It's rolled over pretty hard already. Um, but we're yet to see that sort of um, appetite bill for smaller companies. So, so well, th- th- there's something for us all to hope for, I think, if you've got a, any of your money tucked away in the UK and, and UK smaller companies at the moment. Now, the, the portfolios that you run, you and Fraser um, run them together, co-managers on the yes. two income funds. How do you split your time during the day? Who are, do you, are you sector specialists or are you generalists? How do you, who does the research? Who does the fund manager meetings? Do you both do everything? How does it all work? We we attempt to both do everything. Um, so you know, we neither of us will ever sponsor a company into the portfolio, regardless of the other one. We both have to absolutely agree on the inclusion of a company, the removal of a company, its weighting within the portfolio, um, and, and any sort of buying or selling around the edges that we do. Um, we we both try to attend all the company management meetings we do. So you know, we meet. Yes, three to four hundred. Uh, we have three to four hundred company meetings a year, and you, that's a lot. You know, when you look at the fact that you know we're we're running sort of very high conviction portfolios. So, how many funds? Uh, how many stocks would you have in your portfolios on average? Yeah, so the, the two of those are very similar uh, portfolios. So the the income funds got um, mid forties, uh, yeah. and the the ethical fund has 
strict business involvement screen, so it has slightly less, you know, it just removes a couple of those. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but across all the funds we, we run, so I, I also run the, the UK Small Companies Fund, and Fraser runs the UK Growth Fund, you know, and, and amongst all of those, you know, the, any of those can be applicable for any of the strategies. So we try and get to know all of them. There's about 100 companies within those. And so that's, you know, high conviction is, is the way to do it and being very defined between which of the strategies you look at. Um, but yeah, we do we do a heck of a lot of management meetings a, uh, a year, um, and that is, in my opinion, the the way to invest in in smaller companies that might have, or even mid sized companies that might not have the level of analyst coverage that something in the FTSE one hundred might enjoy. And it's sort of part of the the, the really fun part of the job, but it's all fun. Uh, the, <laughs> the really fun part of the job is finding those companies where you know operating performance is just so disconnected from from the wrong price in the market. You know, the, the market yeah. is is either attributing no narrative to these companies or or the wrong narrative to them and it's by doing our own research and and meeting them and, and quizzing the management teams that you sort of get to the the end of that maze the, the sort of bottom of that quiz and and you said that you run the portfolios on a very bottom-up basis but does that mean you find themes that come through in the portfolios or is that completely coincidental that you suddenly have a a big overweight to i don't know healthcare or financials or or, or whatever it is yeah, it's it's one of the key parts of that stock picking process is is an assessment of the end market. So we we look to find um, companies that offer specialist products or services which you know really differentiate them within their chosen market. But also the health of that end market is exceptionally important. So um, we do a fair amount of macro in that assessment as well. So you know we it, we will always align ourselves to. Um, you know, themes that are, you know, that their current, um, you know, sector might be being mispriced and that will catch a lot. Uh, there'll, there'll be a lot of collateral damage in that mispricing of the sector or the, or the, or the sort of sentiment towards the sector. So, you know, theme, themes will come out of that, absolutely. And what keeps you two up at night as, as fund managers? What, what are you worrying about, apart from the fact that you're at the lowest valuation you've been for for decades, relative uh, in, yeah. in your in what you're looking at, I mean that that that's a really good question because it's 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 really difficult uh, to go through periods where the market just isn't being logical, but but it also it's it makes the job even more interesting because there's more and more opportunities out there. Like I say, you know, there's fourfold. There's been a fourfold increase in companies sitting at a relative discount. Um, you know, to their long-term average. And that just means more opportunity for us, more more companies to see. Um, the thing that keeps you up is that not changing. There being no yeah. catalysts. There being this sort of permanent, and it does feel like a very long-term um, sort of dissatisfaction and sort of um, you know, negative view of the UK, which isn't just international in. It's, 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 it's pretty domestically centric as well. I mean, you turn on the news, you know, you don't really have to look too far to find out why that is. You know, we are fantastic in many at many things in this country, but sort of hiding our lights aggressively under a bushel is is definitely one of the things we're excellent at. Doing ourselves down is not good. Um, I'm, I, I'm conscious we're nearly at the 15 minute mark, so I probably ought to start thinking about winding this up, which I don't really want to do because it's been a really good conversation. Um, I'm going to ask the final question, I think, which is. Um, what is an interesting statistic that you've seen over the last week or two that uh, will make listeners sit up and take notice? Uh, 
well, you've got a few. You've got six point two percent, which is core inflation falling from yeah. like six point eight nine percent the previous month. Um, yeah, that that sort of points to that rolling rolling over, which in my opinion is very good. Five point two five percent terminal rate of interest, as I hope it will be. Uh, Eighteen million, which is uh, the number of uh, defined contribution uh, active pensions versus one million. So I think I mentioned earlier the DB uh, scheme holders. Well, that side is growing very strongly, um, and probably you know, that eighty percent of companies sitting at a discount to where they versus versus twenty percent um, uh, a couple of years ago in the new smaller companies index. They're, so that's a, that, that's a pitch then for get, we we probably hopefully hit terminal interest rates if inflation is properly rolling over. So if everyone in their DC scheme puts a tiny slither of money into UK's mids and small cap, we will. Uh, We'll start to see that undervaluation re-rate. Is that is, is that what we're we're saying? You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you didn't, but that's absolutely accurate. Yes, I would, I would, I would certainly anticipate that and hope for it. Well, I, I think on that note, we'll probably uh, finish there. Um, so all that remains is for me, Jock Glover, to to thank today's guest, Simon Moon, who has been fascinating uh, in his uh, discussion today uh, about what we do with the UK. Uh, equity market, particularly the mid and small cap. Um, and uh, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, as well for your support. Um, I've said every week, I don't know if anyone's actually done it yet, but go on, be the first. If you do want to contact us, do so through either our website, uh, www.squaremileresearch.com, or by emailing us at info at squaremileresearch.com. <laughs>